to Ghoulish Tendencies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. Debunking. Uh, I have to give a special shout-out. Oh. My uh, intensive acting students, I teach I teach a, a group of teenagers on Saturdays uh-huh. uh, in, in like how to, you know, act and uh, like theatrically, not just like in life. It, a little bit of a little bit of both. Okay, let's, let's be frank. Um, but a, a number of them have uh, apparently stumbled across our podcast. Oh, nice. And I, I've been getting some stories and some accounts. So uh, I need to give them a little shout out and a little hello. If if any teenagers who, who are in my Saturday acting classes are listening. <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hi guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate Thanks you for listening. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Love a good fan fan moment. Um, we had a couple of fan moments on Spotify. We actually got way more reviews. We're at a five star rating on Spotify. If you guys don't know, um, Spotify has a rating system now. I think we had like 38 reviews or not reviews, ratings, something of that nature. I should probably double check before I talk about it, but Hey, who cares? (laughs) I know it's a five star and that's what makes me happy. Um, that's super nice. Yeah. So if you haven't, you know, this is a good time to talk about this. We usually talk about it at the end of our episode, but why not talk about it now? If you haven't Mm -hmm. rated or reviewed us, uh, head on over to Apple podcasts or Spotify to give us a reviewer rating. Um, because it's nice. It also helps people find us when we have more ratings and we have more, I'm going to say positive reviews, uh, that, uh, anyone who's doing searches, it, we, we're, we come higher up. So it, it's a nice way That's to, what she to said. spread the love. But, <laughs> and also it's, it means that we made it if we got a negative review, right? So congratulations, oh, that, Kim. We made it. That negative review is still gives gold. me a chuckle. It's it a golden, gold. golden review. So if you like entertainment the way we like entertainment, go on over to Apple Podcasts. Don't just check out our reviews, but write one. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much. Anywho, that's our little uh, self-promotional moment. What? What's that? Who knew? Um, I'm really excited about... Uh, our topic today because so fun fact guys uh kim and i sat down and made a plan we have a plan we have a plan so we're trying to switch it up and make sure that you know our topics have nice variety around them so you're not getting anything too heavy all at once or anything too silly all at once or so much murder and not enough ghosts or not enough unidentified flying objects and you know unsolved mysteries and what have you you'll have a nice spread a little plethora if you will of different options a little buffet of spookiness um well it helps us plan our research too (laughs) yeah it truly does um yeah and just coming off of dover demon that was a slapstick time um Mm -hmm. was a good time that we had it's a good time so i'm really excited about this week's topic because i believe we're getting more into moida we have a, a little murder ghost combo oh, for you ghost today, combo, Gabby. Combo number one. What? Combo number one. It's actually, you know, my f- personal favorite is the murder ghost combo. Hell yeah. Uh, although I have to tell people to brace themselves because we are once again talking about a location and case in the Pacific Northwest. Woohoo! <laughs> so I'd apologize, but we have Don't. like 
so much gosh darn spooky things. Never apologize. Don't ever apologize for what we like or who we are ever. Who never apologize for who you are, unless you suck. Then apologize. We don't suck. We we just know that good spooky stuff happens in the Pacific Northwest, and we want to share it with you. That's true. Uh, Well, today we're going to be talking about Jenny Bastian, Michaela Welch. And the ghosts of Point Defiance Park. Ooh. Wait, where's Point Defiance Park? Uh, I'm glad you asked that, Gabby. For our non-local residents or our transplants who may not know much about the geography of the area, Point Defiance Park is in Tacoma, Washington. Oh. It was established back in 1888. So I take it you've never been to the park? I've then? heard of it, but I think I confuse it with like other parks um one of which that's on the peninsula i think and then another one yeah that's uh in oregon but like on the border of oregon and that's disappointment cape disappointment yeah that's what i was thinking of point defiance and cape disappointment in my brain sound like the same thing but they're not <laughs> well, I will say if if you've never been, like the park is is epic. It's huge. First of all, it's it's 760 acres in total. It includes Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium, which is very very fun. Ooh, fun. Sounds like a good time. Uh, and I haven't been in a in a real long time. I would like to go back. We should take a field we trip. We should go. We should go. There's a rose garden, there's a rhododendron garden. Rhododendron. Which, rhododendron, which is our state flower. Oh. See, you're learning so many things today. Kim is teaching me so much. I'm so glad we're covering this topic. <laughs> um, there's beaches. There's a boardwalk, trails. There's a boathouse and a ferry dock. There's an off-leash dog park. Ooh, party time. I figured you'd like that. Uh, there's an old-growth forest. Oh, with old trees? Well, if you've never heard the term old-growth forest, it basically means a forest that was able to age without human disturbance oh nice so like it got old with no one messing with it which are becoming increasingly harder and harder to come by since you know we keep cutting things down i feel like that's like symbolism of like old people that just want to be left alone (laughs) or me i'm basically an old person that wants to be left alone uh so anyway it's it's big there's a lot of land to cover and it has been the site of more than one tragedy, but we're going to be focusing on a specific one for most of today. Okay. Which is the case of Jennifer Marie Bastion. On August 4th of 1986, 13-year-old Jenny Marie Bastion disappeared. She was described by friends as being full of love and spirit and a pure soul. Her mother would say she was always in motion. She was active, all about fun. I, I was actually really struck by how many little tidbits like that I found from people who knew her. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking on how, how kind she was, how sweet she was, and, and her remarkable spirit. So she left an impression. You know, she may have, have only had 13 years on this earth, but she left an impression with people. For sure. She left her home on her 18-speed Schwinn Tour Deluxe Bicycle. Ooh, dang. Mm-hmm. Uh, some point after 2 p.m. so she could train for a YMCA bicycle tour of Lopez Island. 
She was riding the 30 blocks to Point Defiance Park to ride around for a few hours. She left a note for her parents so they knew what she was doing and to expect her back around 6.30 p.m. that evening. What a good kid. You know, that was it. She was just, she was a good kid. And from what I read in in some interviews with her parents, her saying, I'm going to be back at 6.30 p.m., that meant she was going to be back at 6.30 p.m. Sure. She was a very responsible kid. So one friend remembers seeing her at about 2.15 p.m. a few miles from her home. Uh, A classmate, James Peterson, would also recall seeing her the day she disappeared, and he would later say, I distinctly remember Jennifer writing up and asking if we wanted to go riding with her. And, being teenage boys, we all kind of ignored her. Then we never saw her again. Hmm. Over the next few hours, she was seen by several witnesses. Between 3 to 5 p.m., there were two sightings, including one from two witnesses who said they saw a girl matching her description stopping to chat with them. Uh, she, she talked a little bit about her upcoming bike trip. She drank some water. So she left an impression. Sure. At about 4.10 p.m., three boys from her school rode their bikes past her at the park, so they recognized her. They also recalled a man riding near her, but noted she didn't seem concerned by this man who was riding by her or alarmed by him at all. He was just kind of bike riding with her. They mentioned she was sweaty as though she had been riding around from a bit, which given the timeline we're working off of, we know she had been. That makes sense. But she didn't come home at 630 for dinner. Bad news bears. Bad news bears. Her parents are concerned. And she wasn't home by 8.30 p.m. And this is very, very unlike her. So they call police. An extensive search immediately starts. Dogs were brought in to try and catch her scent. But because she was a frequent rider in the park, it was hard to distinguish if the scents they were picking up on were from, you know, that evening when she disappeared or if it was from another day she had been in the park. Sure. By 5.30 a.m. the next day, she had still not been found. That's not good. And I, I, I can't imagine how freaked as a parent. Like, I, I cannot fathom, not having kids myself, but I can't fathom the terror involved in your kid, your 13-year-old kid not being at home. Over the next three days, the park was shut down to start an exhaustive and extensive search, but there is still absolutely no sign of Jenny. Some witnesses reported seeing a girl who matched her description having problems with her bike and getting help from a person in a black Ford cargo van. That's interesting. There were also witnesses who reported the van was seen following people. What? Which also, pro tip, if you have a van, don't follow people. Don't follow people. That's some shady shit right there. That's some shady shit. Also, like... (laughs) Shady shit. Hashtag shady shit. But I mean... If you don't want people to think you're a kidnapper, don't do that. Just, just, just say no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, there were reports also that there was a man seen with a video camera filming people near the entrance of the park at 530, which also matched up with the time she was last seen. Where's this guy with the video camera? Is that evidence or is he yeah. just like... <laughs> It's funny you should say that because police made a point of trying to locate this man and emphasizing they didn't necessarily consider him a suspect. They wanted to see what he'd filmed. Yeah. In case he caught 
Jenny in case he caught somebody following her or just getting an idea of any kind of timeline. Um, there were also reports of a male cyclist, 25 to 30 years old, who'd been seen following her. And I'm pretty sure that that's the one that the, the boys from her school mm. reported seeing. Yeah. So despite all of these searches, Jenny is not found. And uh, weeks go by, a little over three weeks go by. But on August 26th, at about 8 p.m., a jogging club notified police they noticed a strange odor Uh-oh. off of the trail yeah, uh, where they were. Human remains? Well, police were there within the hour. Uh, they had dogs, but they could not find anything. Hmm. On August 28th, police returned with German Shepherd search dogs to further look. And they would then find her body. Oh, no. And her bike was found nearby. It was covered in heavy brush near Five Mile Drive, uh, which is a five-mile scenic loop. The area had been part of the search, but the body was so well covered, it would have been very easy to miss. Mm -hmm. And one of the bits I read that just showed how heavily this community was hit by it and also what a news story it was, was a story that ran in the local news Tribune that talked about all the posters, uh, posters everywhere looking for her saying, you know, she's missing. If you see anything, call police. Here's her picture. And even when it was announced the body had been found in the park, people were still holding out hope. It wasn't her. In fact, one local business even expressed to the paper (laughs) I thought to take that down after I heard the reports that police might have found her, but I couldn't. Not until I knew. But the body would go on to be identified as Jenny Bastion. That's so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And knowing now they are dealing with a homicide, on August 29th, the police brought in the Green River Task Force to help with the case. That sounds familiar. Well, and remember, too, it's 1986. So at this point, Green River Killer has not been caught. Not yet. Uh, No, he would not be caught for another 15 years. (laughs) But they were quick to point out that that they in no way thought the case was related. They did not think she was a victim of the Green River Killer. They were primarily called in because of their experience with outdoor crime scenes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So an autopsy revealed she died of asphyxiation via strangulation, and there was evidence of sexual assault. Oh, no. But what it was ringing with police as well as other members of the community is that the details of her case were alarmingly similar to another one. Which one? It was a case that happened a few months prior. The disappearance and murder of Michaela Welch. So on March 26th of 1986... Which, again, is a few months before Jenny was abducted and murdered. Mm-hmm. 12-year-old Michaela Welch was babysitting her younger siblings in Tacoma, Washington. At around 10 a.m., she took her two younger sisters to Puget Park. Now, Puget Park is not a part of Point Defiance Park. It's a couple miles away. Okay. But you are still dealing with things within miles of each other. Sure. Sometime between 11 a.m. and 11.30 a.m., she left her sister's playing to head back home on her bike to get them lunch. 
A classmate of Michaela's reported he ran into her, and she said she was going back home to get food. But he noticed a man acting weird who was watching them. What do you mean weird? Like, how, what kind of weird? Like, he would start to approach them. Huh. And he's, you know, 24 to 26, uh, five foot six or so. He was skinny and wearing a blue jean jacket with holes in it, blue jeans and ripped tennis shoes. And he was creeping them out. And they were like calling him out on it as he would get close to them. And he'd kind of duck back, but then he'd come close again. And at this point they were like, okay, this is creepy. We're going to leave. Yeah, that's messed up. So she went home and came back to the park. But at this point in time, she can't find her sisters. She was seen speaking to a man around 1 to 1.30 p.m., and he was also described as being 25 to 35 years old, tanned, 5'8", with black hair, a possible mustache. <laughs> I like that that's a description. Possible, possible mustache. mustache. I'm trying to think, like, from a distance. You're like, well, it could be shadow or it could just be, like, scruff. Scruff or, I don't know, dirt. Like, just a really dirty upper lip. Really just, dirty upper lip. Or really just, like you know, chocolate milk, you know? like Exactly. Who doesn't love chocolate milk, it's Gabby? It's delicious, okay? It's delicious. So this man seems to be possibly a different person than the creepy man from earlier. Um, although. But there were, although. Creepy we don't man know. with a possible mustache. Both of those things could be two of the same thing. I just wonder, would, given that she saw this guy earlier and she would remember him as being the creepy man from earlier, would she be speaking to him? Maybe he used a mustache as a disguise. <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> so another man was also observed around the same time watching young girls. Oh, no. Yeah. I, what I'm learning from this is that, like, I should not hang out in parks in Tacoma. But I feel like yeah. that's unfair. This is just a really unfortunate couple days. Also, it was a long time ago. It was 1986. I know, but that's like more than 30 years ago. Oh, God. You're welcome. Yeah, that's alarming. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so at some point, her sisters, the reason she couldn't find them is they went to use the bathroom at a nearby business. They also tried calling their house because they hadn't seen their sister return yet. But no one picked up. They get back to the park at about 1.15 p.m. Mm -hmm. And about 2 p.m., her sisters find her bike and the lunches she had made. So they end up calling their normal babysitter. And their normal babysitter calls the police as well as the girl's mother. So police arrive a little after 3 p.m. to begin searching. And what they put together is that she did return to the park, was looking for her sisters, and she was seen speaking to a man. Her body would be found that evening at 11.25 p.m. in a makeshift fire pit. She had been sexually assaulted. Oh, no. And killed by blunt force trauma to her head, Yeesh. as well as a cut on her neck. Yikes. And as police start digging, they find a couple interesting other things that had happened recently. About six weeks after the murder, a 16-year-old girl reported that about three weeks before McKella's murder, she was in Puget Park when a white male jumped out, grabbed her, and tried to, to pull her away with him. Oh, no. Yeah. So she gets away. She tells her friends. They find the guy and, like, chase him down. Good on them. But they don't report it. Why? 
they're 16. Ugh, that drives me nuts. An employee of the park also admitted to seeing a man a few weeks before McKella's murder acting strangely. And apparently when she would look over at him, he jumped into the bushes. <laughs> what is a bush man? And like, I know, but this would happen several times. So like she'd see him and when he realized she was looking at him, he would just jump back into the bushes, which, hi, creepy, party of one. <laughs> creepy. Party of creepy. one. Do we have, do we have a creepy here? Your party is, your table is ready. Creepy, your table is ready. Creepy. Uh, yeah, no, that's, well, and, and just given everything that's happening, you have to look at this as being something of a pattern. Sure, has to be. So one of the first suspects that they're really heavily leaning into for both cases was a convicted child killer by the name of David Fisher. David Fisher had murdered a 13-year-old girl named Laura Burbank in Tacoma in 1970. Okay. He pled guilty. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. However, however, Gabby, you want to guess what happens? What? They let him go? You know, they didn't let him go. What they did is because he was behaving himself, they transferred him to a lower security prison. Uh Uh-oh. So one day in 1974, he just left. What? He just walked out? They didn't really care? He just walked out. He just, well, no, I'm sure they cared, but like (laughs) he was able to just walk out. Good job, Tacoma. Well done. Well done, you. Well done. Isn't there a TV show called Tacoma PD? And it's like a spoof. God, is there? I think there. I think there is. And it's like a is that like spoof. Reno nine one one. Yeah, I, I think it's similar. Um, I feel like I've seen that somewhere, and I've always wanted to watch it and saw something about it being kind of dumb, so I didn't. But maybe I'll circle back. There was uh back in my day, there was a sketch comedy show called Almost Live, and it was kind of like a Pacific Northwest, um, SNL. Yeah. Like it was, it was, yeah. And, and I, it is still to me had some of the funniest sketches ever, but they used to do a bit on cops and they would do like cops in Burien, cops on Mercer Island, cops in Redmond, cops in, I don't know, Fremont. Like they would just do spoofs on cops. I'm sure they did cops in Tacoma. For those of you that don't know the area, these are all locations around Seattle. (laughs) I get, I get cops in Walla Walla, cops in Kent, cops in Renton. So this episode is going to be called Cops and Ghoulish Tendencies. (laughs) But it it was like, I'll have to look up if they ever did the cops in Tacoma because I feel like it would be funny for me. At least. Anyway, so he walks out of prison. Walks right and out. And when he walks right out. But at this point, like this was 1974 when he escaped. They'd been looking for him for the last 12 years. Okay. So when the two girls are murdered, he was a likely suspect. Would make sense. <laughs> However, he would be caught thanks to an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Dude, I love Unsolved Mysteries. It's the best right? freaking show ever. Oh, it gets better. So, okay, in 1990, he's caught. He's living in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And when I say that this episode that aired about him led to his capture, um, the episode aired Wednesday night. The tip came in Thursday. That's amazing. And boom, they capture him. 
That's so funny. That like reminds me of the Circleville letters and how the Circleville letters dude wrote to Unsolved mm-hmm. Mysteries. And they're like, sorry, we're still going to talk about it. I don't care if you threaten us. Like, yeah, good on them for like getting this involved in cases and being able to like make things known. That's awesome. Unsolved mystery. Unsolved mysteries used to be the show that scared me too, because it was all real. Yeah, it was real stuff. And they would do. I mean, like they would do the murder episodes, and they would do the like con episodes. But they'd also sometimes do the weird, like the cryptids. Yeah, and they the do aliens. some paranormal ones. They do some paranormal ones. I kind of lived for that. You still do. Yeah. I always wonder why there isn't a resolved ending. Like, I'm like, why? But I need to know what happens. Oh, and okay. Y- I, you never know what happens because it's literally happens. called well, Unsolved sometimes Mysteries. they do the updates. Updates? I live for the updates. Oh, yeah. I, get, I would get so excited and I'd be like, I remember that. I remember that. Because this was also, like, sidebar, Gabby and I are old. Um <laughs> No, because this was a time when you couldn't just like Google this shit. Google was right? not a thing, guys. This was before Google YouTube. Was not a thing. Before oh, Google. Yeah. This is back in the you've got mail days. Oh, geez. <laughs> anyway, uh, the one thing his capture did do was clear him from any involvement of the murder. Uh, he still had to go back to prison. That's fair. Because, <laughs> you know, he killed a girl but uh go unsolved mysteries that's the moral of the story unsolved mysteries deserves like the most legit high five oh absolutely so both cases go cold in november of 2013 it's discovered that jennifer's clothing had never actually been examined for possible dna never well to be fair it was the 80s when she was murdered so DNA evidence was not really a thing, sure. but they would collect samples. But when her body was found, it was far too degraded for there to be any DNA on her. And the swimsuit she'd been wearing, it was found around her ankles. So the assumption was, even mm-hmm. though she had been sexually assaulted, it would have been removed before the assault took place so there wouldn't be DNA on it. But that's also an assumption. It is an assumption. And I do give kudos to the, the detectives who are part of the, the cold case squad that was looking into this because they tested it, they reexamined it, and they found a semen sample. On the bathing suit? On the bathing suit. So this is huge. That's awesome. Because from this, they could create a DNA profile, but there were no matches currently in the system. This did, however, put to rest one mystery. Because the DNA found on Jennifer Bastion was different oh. than what was found on Michaela Welch. So it couldn't have been the same person. It could not have been the same person. We are looking at two different killers. Two different assholes. That's being nice. Uh, <laughs> but detectives were not willing to give up. In 2016, they compile a list of who all of their suspects were back in 86. Okay. And they track every single one of them down who are still living and collect DNA samples from them. And one man, Robert Washburn. It's a match. He's tracked down in Illinois where he was living. Voluntarily, in 2017, he voluntarily gives a sample. 
He had been a suspect originally because he was a suspect in Michaela Welch's case. Oh, dang. He'd called in a tip about a composite sketch in McKella's case and would later place himself in the park on the day Jenny disappeared and admitted he often used to use the trail where her body would be found. Is he trying to be found? Well, but remember, it's a really common thing for killers. Serial killers do this a ton. They want to somehow insert themselves in the investigation, in the case. That's true. That's true. So court documents on the case said... Washburn stated he had seen a man who fit the description while jogging in Point Defiance Park. He stated that he jogged in the park often. So this is him talking about Michaela Welch's case. But he did not kill Michaela Welch. But on May 3rd of 2018, a DNA match was found for Jennifer Bastion. And in 2019... Dang, that's so recent. He pled Guilty. Wow. He admitted to dragging her into the woods, <gasps> strangling her, and raping her. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so recent. It's so recent. And honestly, he, him pleading guilty. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And, and he actually expressed when he pled guilty, he didn't want to put her family through further distress. He only waited how long? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm not giving him credit for this. I'm just saying this is what he said. (laughs) We're still not giving him credit for anything. Uh, Her family spoke to the court about what life was like without Jenny. Her mother, Patty, saying, we continued to live and laugh and love, but in a much different way. Oh. But the thing that got me the most is what Jenny's sister said. Her sister said to him, you made me an only child. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah, no, that that one that one got me. He was sentenced to 320 months or about 26 and a half years. Which means that's that's a life sentence. I was gonna when say, you're, how when old you're, is he? He's he's in his like 60s. He's okay. in his like mid 60s, I think, at this point. So I mean that's that's a life sentence. Yeah. Um but the case was brought to a close. But what about Michaela Welch? Still TBD? Well. Welch. In a strange twist. Around the same time, there was a match of sorts. You are so ambiguous right now. I'm going to need you to be a little bit more specific, please. So as of late, and by late, I mean the past decade or so, it is becoming increasingly popular for law enforcement to work with um, genealogists. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is what we saw in, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording in in the Golden State Mm -hmm. Killer. Working with a genealogist, a DNA analysis was able to identify a pair of brothers who both lived in Tacoma when McKella was killed. And they were connected, not because they submitted DNA, but a relative did. Oh, that's how the Golden State Killer was caught. That's how the Golden State Killer was caught. So they knew that they had a match from one of them. But the DNA, 
match on the relative was not strong enough to determine which of the brothers because their DNA was too similar. Mm -hmm. So authorities start surveilling them both. Oh, hell yeah. And when one of them, a man named Gary Hartman, went into a restaurant to eat, the detective followed him. He watched Gary using a napkin throughout the meal. At the end of the meal, Gary crumpled it up and put it in a paper bag. Hartman disposed of both, and when he left, the detective went and retrieved it. From that, from a napkin, a DNA match was obtained showing it matched the DNA found on Michaela Welch's body. Damn. On June 20th of 2018, he was arrested, but. Big but. Big but. He pled not guilty. So. His trial was originally supposed to take place in September of 2021. Actually, it was originally supposed to take place in 2019, but it got delayed. And in September of 2021, what else was going on in the world? A pandemic. Mm, pandemic. So I couldn't find any evidence of the trial starting, so I reached out to one of my sources. Ooh, Kim's got a source. Kim's got a couple sources. And they confirmed the trial had yet to happen. Oh. Hartman is still awaiting trial damn this is like current current this is current current so we're gonna have to do like an update on this you know it's i have a note about that later so we're gonna circle back around okay cool but let's talk ghosts Ooh, ghosties so jenny's ghost is said to haunt the five mile drive. Uh, the park gate closes at nightfall. There are reports of a short haired girl scene. Jenny had quite short hair. She had kind of a pixie cut. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she's seen walking. Sometimes she's leaning against her bike. There's also been reports of people hearing a girl crying, though I have to say the scully in me wants to remind people it is animals. not just a public place. It's an outdoor space with animals and, you know, People. Children, yeah, <laughs> like who cry, living um, ones. Would also like, and this kind of area sounds going to travel. So, I mean, not to be scully, but like, I am who I am, Gabby. I am who I am. Well, I have a question: Is that is when yeah. she's seen with a bike? Is it a ghost bike also, or is she leaning on a rando bike? She's leaning on a ghost bike. <gasps> so but... there's a ghost bike and a ghost. So. People hear sometimes the the bicycle sound. Is it an actual bicycle nearby? Well, see, that's what I said. I was like, so they hear a sound of a bicycle in the park. Like, are we 100% sure it's not somebody on a bike? Nope. But an apparition of this girl riding her bike is seen. So it is a girl. It is a ghost girl on a ghost bike. She has her head, right? It's not like a headless horseman on a bike or anything. Well, she has her head. Uh Uh-oh. Is it in her hand? But... There is a cut. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to do hands. like a headless horseman, but like modern in the Pacific I Northwest. Know, I know. Uh, not quite, but there was a specific story that talked about a couple who was driving their car close to dusk at Five Mile Drive. They spotted a girl with short hair holding a bike. 
They were concerned for her safety, so they stopped the car and the boyfriend got out to see if she was okay. As he got closer, he noticed the girl had no eyes. Oh, that's spooky. Freaked, he jumped back in his car, they drove away, and when they looked in the mirror to see her, there was no one there. Ooh, ooh, somebody with no eyes? That's extra spooky. Somebody with no eyes. And I mean, yeah, no, that's super creepy. Have you ever encountered, like, no. a ghost when you're in your car? <laughs> no, no, I've never encountered a, an apparition with no eyes. I have yet to encounter this. But I'd probably freak the fuck out if I did. See, and I'm like, can we, like, Go take a drive and look for random ghosts, like hitchhiking ghosts or something. I mean, I'm down, but I also don't know if they'll show themselves to us if we're actually looking for them, you know? If you look for a ghost, do they appear? Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, I will say, in the course of looking for some more firsthand accounts of people encountering her spirit... I may have gone on a few haunted message boards. Ooh, what kind of... Did you go on Reddit, Kim? Did Kim go on Reddit? <laughs> Kim may have gone on Reddit. Oh, she no. may have resorted to Reddit. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say, like, you go on some of these Tacoma spots and some of these other message boards and stuff, there's a lot of people who say they've had encounters with her. Like, a lot of people. I would love to talk to one of these people. It's funny. I, I posted on our a ghost uh, Facebook group. Oh, I saw that. And I'm... Yeah, and I, I messaged both June and Ross asking if they'd had any firsthand accounts. And because Ross has his book um, on Tacoma haunts, mm -hmm. and and uh, in fact, I'm going to talk about a couple things from his book in, in one of my later stories. He writes about Jenny too, but this is the this story about the boyfriend is kind of all over. But nobody in a ghost talked about having a personal experience with her, and, and Ross hadn't had a personal experience. So with it's her. all like allegedly's, allegedly, allegedly. Um. I don't want to say it's allegedly. I just, I would love to speak, to actually speak to one of these people who said they had a firsthand account. It's always hard for me when I find people talking about it on the internet because it is different to be able to like track somebody down and be like, hey, let's actually talk about this. Yeah. And also like what is true and what is just a story? <laughs> what is truth? What is a story? Uh... So what I will say is hers is not the only ghost that apparently haunts the park. That's also not surprising. Yeah, these kind of got increasingly more and more batshit, too. Ooh. So the Do pagoda. Tell. Excuse me? And the, the pagoda. Pagoda. It's where, where the trolley used to stop. Okay. It is apparently home to a ghost and another tragedy. Oh. According to local lore, and I want you to pay very close attention to my word choice. Lore. Lore. Legends. Local lore with a capital L. Capital O-R-E. This is not a case I could verify. Trust me, I tried. Uh-oh, that's bad news. I tried. I actually stayed up for two additional hours last night trying to find reference to this in old newspapers. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. In the 1920s, a young, recently married couple used to catch the trolley at Point Defiance Terminal. It was kind of sweet. He'd, like, go off on his way. She would take one of the small boats to visit her parents on Vashon Islands because uh, there used to be a number of, of little ferries that would go back and forth. According to the story, one day... On her return, 
the boat started taking on water. Uh-oh. Panicking. People were being thrown overboard in the confusion. What? What is this? Titanic? Yeah, I want, I want that to sit like with you. A, no, but string quartet. People, according to this account, people were being thrown overboard. Not jumping. Thrown. That's aggressive. That's aggressive with a capital A. So the husband apparently looked out at the water with his pocket spyglass, because, you know, we all carry those. <laughs> And saw his wife in the water, unable to properly swim with her heavy clothes. Was it because someone threw her off the side? Well, maybe, but also, and this is, again, I, I, 1920s fashion. Like, 1920s fashion, we're moving away from the heavy clothes. So this isn't, I guess it depends on how cold it was. Well, but even, like. If she had on a jacket, like this is not layers and layers of petticoats and corsets. Oh, sure. Like by the 1920s, things were different. So, but I I kept seeing references to her heavy clothing and I was like, I don't. Could have been a type of material maybe. Or like, cause 20s like were beading. There could have been a lot of beading on her dress and a jacket or something. You wouldn't, you wouldn't wouldn't wear that kind of beading to like your parents during the day though. That was like nightwear. That was like flapper stuff. That okay. wasn't your day dresses. I don't know. I mean, um, and, it's all and to hypothetical be fair, at this point, it's all hypothetical. Yeah. So um, I thought maybe she just couldn't swim. Like I actually bought that more than anything else because that would make plenty sense. of people. Yeah, plenty of people couldn't swim then. Sure. I, I also read accounts that say that don't say boat. It says ferry, which I realize like That's the ferry could be well, but. I mean, it's it's a vocab word, right? Like, I think about ferry like our ferries now. Right. You know, you take the ferry out to, like, Bremerton or Bainbridge. That's a big ferry. Yeah, you put cars but on f- it. You put cars on. But all a ferry is is something that's taking you back and forth. So it could just come down to word choice. It could still be a smaller boat and and just have been a small ferry. So I that's don't know. Fair. Um, But... Some of these accounts said the fairy turned over and he was convinced she died as opposed to him actually seeing her. And this is what I say. There was a lot of variations on the case. Sure. So overcome with grief, the young man goes into the restroom and some reports say the basement. Maybe the restroom was in the basement. Who knows? Took out a pistol. Uh-oh. And shot himself in the head. Yikes. There are also accounts that the wife survived. Oh, no. But it's, it's, I mean, again, it all comes down to what account you read. And I read a lot of different ones. All of them? I mean, you know, I am who I am. The area is now used for rentals, like weddings, parties, that sort of thing. Uh Uh-huh. People report hearing footsteps with hard-soled shoes. Like heels? Well, like men's dress shoes. Okay. Uh, heels have a, I don't call them really hard sold the same way. They click. Yeah. Where a man's dress shoe, like a heavy Clomp. man's dress shoe clonks. Yeah. Cold spots. Footsteps that walk from one part of the building before abruptly stopping. Huh. I did read this account. This was in a Facebook group for Tacoma Ghost Tours. So take this for what it is. Sometimes there's a loud bang heard after the footsteps stop. There's also sighs heard. 
And also, I guess uh, cabinets and things can open by themselves. Is this a public space? Yeah. I mean, it's it's now it's in the vet. Well, we're going to, we're going to. The space has gone through some changes in the last 10 years, and here's why. Okay. In two paragraphs, I will tell you. Here's why. So it, it is a public space, but there's been some circumstances that have led to some changes happening, which I want to report a couple other accounts. So according to hauntedhouses.com, oh. <laughs> I was having fun on hauntedhouses.com. Some say her ghost haunts the area as well. A woman seen wearing white clothing, you know, ghosts wear white. Not after Labor Day, though. They they don't wear white Stupid. after Labor Day. It's <laughs> so dumb. I it's love when you make dumb jokes and it's not me doing it. What a treat. Oh, man. You know, I actually make more dumb jokes than you would think. I'm just trying to balance us out. <laughs> like, I feel like you make so many of the dumb jokes. I can't make some of please, the dumb jokes. And so, please make more dumb jokes. This is me kindly asking. Pretty please, Kim Douthit, give me all the dad jokes. I will, I will see what I can do. Hang out with me in a rehearsal one night. Girl. <laughs> Ma'am, just bring it to me at the podcast. I'm used to making dumb jokes around kids. Like, okay, but that's hi. half of why I make so many dumb jokes. I know. <laughs> but, you know, the visual. You don't, it's, you don't have, like, the tiny little sad face that stares at me and demands for me to try to make them laugh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wish y'all could see Gabby's tiny little sad face right now. I'm going to, I'll try to write in more dad jokes. It's, you know, Give me some more wine or whiskey. I'll probably make even more. I will do that. Thank you. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Um, So anyway, a woman is seen wearing white clothing on the lower levels of the pagoda, as well as on the second level. Some have even reported hearing the sound of her body hitting the water. What? Which I'm like, okay, wait. No, that's dumb. If, (laughs) like that. God bless you. You're scullying. (laughs) Gabby, you're scullying. Well, because okay, are no, they no, hearing no, this no, I want you to go to Skullyland. This is being heard indoors because I I have it questions. Is. is this something that someone is hearing while they're outside, or are they hearing it while they're inside? Because I need some clarification. Can we just take a moment? Because Gabby herself just said, "I have questions." <laughs> you realize you just said that. I have questions. I'm so fucking proud. <laughs> Uh, see, you know, you're proud of me for asking questions. I'm proud of you for saying dad jokes. It's a real symbiotic relationship that we have, <laughs> truly. Getting a window into our friendship, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, what what I kind of come back around Wait, to you is didn't that answer my question. <laughs> is it indoors well, no, or no. outdoors? It's indoors. The, the sound is heard. Okay. And again, what what I come back to is at least one account is talking about how. He was looking through his spyglass at this ferry, which means it's significantly out there. If he can't just see it, with he his has eyeballs? to look through his little spyglass to watch his, his with his eyeballs to watch his wife drowning. Then you're not going to hear an individual body hitting the water. Although I kind of want to myth, I kind of want to myth buster this shit. Well, I also feel like did somebody just mop and did someone slip and fall? Like I'm concerned Listen, about someone's well being. How does Terrence feel 
about falling into the water while we sit in the pagoda to see if we can hear. I'm just, I'm just going to straight up do a cannonball. Like that's what's going to happen in this situation. I'll take it. (laughs) Let's talk. We may, this might be a a ghoulish tendencies field trip. Maybe this will be for Patreon. (laughs) Should be amazing. (laughs) I'm here for this. All right. So, um, Not to continue scullying too aggressively, but apologies to those of you who sometimes think that I scully too aggressively. I had to take a sip of tea. I am who I am. You're dealing with a place that has a lot of people moving through it. Correct. You're dealing with a place that is now where events are held. Weddings, parties. Lots of people. Lots of people. People who also sometimes wear white dresses. Also who drink a lot. I feel personally attacked by that. I mean, people um, drink and do stupid stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. At weddings. I feel personally attacked by that. I feel personally attacked by that. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not talking about you, Kim. It's just How did really, I end up with your bouquet, it Gabby? It just happened to fall into place so perfectly just then. God, just like my bouquet when you got it. Nightmares of that moment. Flowers flinging towards my face. Um... <laughs> No, like, I don't doubt there is ghosts in this, this building. <sighs> I just feel like this specific story feels a little... Forced? Yeah. Forced. No, that's actually, like, highly dramatized. Like, something that you would read in a ghost story book, but is 100% BS. Well, it kind of sounds almost like Hollywood writing. Like it's, it is absolutely Hollywood it's writing. It's like sensationalism and entertainment more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all too convenient too. Like well, like uh, the way it's told, I think, is kind of what gives it away. Like people jumping off the boat and this like eyeglass he needed to see the drama, and that he and he has himself. a gun on like, him. Yeah, how convenient is everything, and why is it told in that way? Not to say. A version of the story didn't happen. This could be a really good example of the game telephone happening. Oh, that you know, it's funny you say that because that is exactly the notes that I wrote. I, I have no problem believing that there is some root of truth here. Sure. It makes me think of when we talked about the Empress Hotel. Yeah. And the maids specifically and how that story took on a life of its own. And it happened, but the way it happened and the exact circumstances over when she died were very, very different from how the story is then told. Especially when did this story happen? In the 20s? In the 20s, according to the story. Which means what? Like, I don't know. And I mean, that's what I, that's what I, I was struggling with. I was, I stayed up for two extra hours last night. I stayed up till past midnight because I can't let shit go. Well, I also think with a story like this, it's like, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to be like, wow, listen to this story that allegedly something happened here and allegedly this was a thing. And like there, it probably is haunted, but who exactly haunted? Yeah, the other thing who? I want to know is like the history of the pagoda. When was it built? What else happened here? Was there any, any, were there any other events that happened in this area that we don't already know about? Which I'm sure there were based on the fact oh, absolutely. that this area is very, has been populated for like hundreds of years 
by Native American people who could also I will say I will say though none of the hauntings I mean the hard soled shoes the apparitions none of them appear to be an indigenous person right but not to say that there couldn't have been an energy of that there at some point in time sure 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 just looking specifically at what's reported cuz i will say these were accounts i saw over and over the story itself feels like something you hear on a ghost tour. Yeah. And I don't mean that as shade to ghost tours. I mean, I give ghost tours. That's fair. But it feels like that story that, as you said, it's Hollywood. It's wrapped with a little bow. Right. It's too perfect. It's too much of a good story. You know what it reminds me of? What? The Conjuring. Like, oh God. it reminds me of mm. like... I mean, to be fair, mm. the, we talked about this many times. Actually, I watched um, The Conjuring 2 over the weekend. So it was the... Uh, Had you never seen it before? Yeah, I've seen it a long time oh. ago. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's the Enfield right. Poltergeist one. Um, and like I was talking about the Enfield Poltergeist to the people I was with. Um, mm-hmm. And it just... We got into a whole... <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole. It's what happens when we talk about this stuff to people who don't know what we talk about on our podcast. So I, you know, I had a conversation with someone about how there's a root story, right? And then there's Mm -hmm. the way it's portrayed. And like those two things are generally vastly different for the sake of absolutely. And like, absolutely. It sounds like this story is exactly that, that there was like a root Mm -hmm. story somewhere and maybe there were shoes clicking that someone heard, but also like, it honestly makes me question like, what was the pagoda floors, ceiling walls? What are they made out of? Like, is it echoey? Does it try? Oh, it is echoey. Yeah. Right. So like, could that sound have actually come from a person as opposed to a ghost? Like that's something that could also be a thing. And then, you know, when people are hearing the the sounds of the shoes, just because when they go and look, they don't see anyone, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean there wasn't somebody just there. Right. It doesn't mean it didn't come from somewhere else either, and like yeah. echoed. So I don't know. Stuff like that makes me question. It's, You've there's done a, a lot, number there's a lot on of me, questions, Kim Douthit, oh, where I'm I can't. So proud. I can't just straight up molder unless it's like super obvious, you know, like I can in the moment if I was there, I'd be like, oh, it's a ghost. And then you'd be like, OK, what's the situation? Calm your tits. Yeah, let's let's let's, <laughs> let's take a step back. Quite literally. And listen. Calm your tits. Calm your tits. We're going to calm your tits. This shit. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I, I do not doubt that there are spirits here for no other reason than anytime you're dealing with a place that has this much energy, there's got to be residual spirits um i doubt the story and i'm gonna keep looking i'm gonna keep looking and kind of expand my dates i was specifically looking between 1920 and 1930 but uh i'm gonna keep digging there's there's a couple good newspapers out of tacoma that have been going on for a long time so i'm kind of hoping if i just god help me if i start (laughs) sifting through those i which is what i was doing but I mean, like, they reported suicides then. Yeah. I was looking for suicide. I was looking for ferry accidents. I was looking for boat accidents. They reported all these things. So I wonder if, I don't know. I We want to debunk it because you can't find anything on it is your point. I don't like when I can't find, this is the kind of, uh, like, a boat accident, a ferry accident where more than one person would have died. Mm-hmm. 
That would be noted. And then a suicide. This is not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, no, but the newsroom reported on this. No, 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 no. A man watches his wife die and then commits suicide in the same location. The newspapers would have talked about In a public this. park. In a public park. Yeah, no, that's something they would definitely talk about. Because it, it's a story. Yeah. The same way we're sitting here being like, it sounds like a Hollywood story. This is newsworthy. Right. So I am suspicious of the fact I can't find an account of it. Would now, you say again, you can't I, find evidence? I can't find evidence. Evidence. I have evidence. Um, but I mean, again, this is, this is the root of my issues with a lot of hauntings. I do not disbelieve in ghosts. I do not doubt that there could be a ghost. I doubt the validity of a lot of these origin stories. Bygones. <laughs> Amen. So getting back to what you were saying about the pagoda, Mm -hmm. sightings have decreased in recent years. And here's why. Oh, we have a reason. In September of 2011, they had to completely renovate and redo it. Wouldn't you think that that would make ghosts act Because an arsonist (gasps) burnt it down. Arson. Yeah. It reopened in January of 2013. Since the renovation, from what I saw, hauntings have dwindled, or at least reported hauntings have dwindled. Interesting. Although, what I will say, I was kind of desperate to talk to anyone who'd encountered something at anything in Point Defiance Park. If you are a human... I feel like, you know, those lawyer commercials, if you are someone who's experienced an accident, please call. Like, if you are someone who has had experience in Tacoma and Point Defiance Park, please reach out to us. I would love, love, love to speak to you. We would, if you're comfortable, we would share your story in the podcast. Um, I was struggling to actually locate a person with these firsthand experiences outside of the internet. God bless the internet. Yes. (laughs) Fair. It's interesting, though, because I feel like if you had renovations done, you would think that the activity would increase. But there's a difference between a renovation of a structure that's standing, that's looking to make improvements, and reconstructing something that burns down. That's fair. And I mean, I, it's honestly, this would be something I'd kind of be interested to do as a study, like as a, as an investigation tactic, like, uh, take a, take a building that's going through normal renovations Mm -hmm. and measure the activity, take a building that's almost completely destroyed and being essentially reconstructed and compare activity, whether or not the hauntings are still but you'd also have to find places that are already like proven to be haunted too. So that's like, oh no, this is a hyper specific kind of thing. This is thing like, how are you going to find these places, man? This is a at one point in oh, time in uh, life, this might be a thing. I'm going to stay up for two extra hours tonight, then doing research into that. No, oh no, I need you need to sleep. Let's sleep. Anyway. Uh, according to hauntedhouses.com. Oh yay! I was having I was having fun on this website. Can you tell? <laughs> A homeless man also died on the lower level sometime in the 1990s. Oh, that's vague. 
It's extremely vague. Although I will say I, I searched a little less hard for, to verify this. I do want to kind of come back and try to verify some of these, but, uh, this is a horrible thing to say. A, a homeless man dying in a building might not make the news. I, it's unfortunately the truth of the matter. And there's a lot of homelessness in yeah. the area. Washington? Just in general. Washington. Um, yeah, just Washington. Full stop. And there's not uh, a lot done for people who are lacking well, and, homes. And this was the 90s, too. So yeah. it's... it's I'm going to, again, I'm, I'm, I'm invested enough to kind of continue looking into some of these to see if I can verify any of them or find something that might fit. But, um, it also could be him on these lower floors. Like uh, it is said though, his apparition is seen. He's seen, he has a, a short beard, a black sailor's cap and heavy boots. He's seen sitting on the floor of the patio area. And if you get close to him, he looks up and then vanishes. Oh, he doesn't want to get caught. It's possible. Um, there is Fort Nisqually, which our very own Ross Allison mentions in his Haunted Tacoma book, uh, along with a lot of other stories and, and some of the ones we've talked about. Uh, the building was relocated from its original spot in Point Defiance Park, and it was kind of turned... Uh, oh, I'm going to re-say that, sorry. The building was relocated from its original spot to Point Defiance Park. It was turned into a museum. There was a man seen walking to the building. If nothing else, Point Defiance Park is a place that is filled with residual hauntings. On the side of 100% unverified, but too fucking delightful to not talk about. That's fair. I read, I read an account. You know, I'm, you know, I'm serious because I dropped an F-bomb. I don't usually drop F-bombs on the... (laughs) On goose tendencies. I try to keep some dignity left within me. What? I, I save those for when we're not recording. Listen, when you find out that your teenage students are listening to you, you're like, should I say this? Eh. That's fair. Um, I'll say it for you. Well, I just said it a bunch, so. I read an account. Okay. This first one isn't that off base. I read an account of a creepy presence in the marina where someone was supposedly found murdered in their car. Another one that I'm kind of trying to follow up on because I didn't, this was another cursory search. I spent the majority of my additional time trying to look into the 1920s ghost. Uh, But my favorite, (laughs) and this may have allegedly come from Reddit. Allegedly. Take that for what it is. Just Reddit is kind of just one big allegedly. Someone claimed there was a Sasquatch in the park. (gasps) Wait for it. As well as Sasquatch ghosts. Wait, what? Boom! Sasquatch ghosts? Mic drop. Um, Like, okay, A, Sasquatch ghosts is my next band name. Calling it. (laughs) Called it. I think ghosts of Sasquatch is way more cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. All right. Oh, you and I need to go on a ghost Sasquatch ghost, ghost hunt. Squatch. A ghost Squatch <gasps> hunt in Point Defiance Park Ooh, like yesterday. Let's do this it. This needs to happen. Yes. And what's, what's great is I'm reading about this on Reddit and there's people being like, oh yeah, I've heard that. But I'm like, where? <laughs> where did you? I sur- I was, I searched. There, There's like one of the parks or something has a 
Sasquatch statue. I'm like, did y'all realize a statue is not a ghost, right? Maybe they don't. I don't know. It's Reddit. But <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know your life. Um, I'm just, oh, like I went down this rabbit hole. You can find so many stories of your, you know, your friends, cousins, brothers, ex hamster and what they experienced. They're fun. Often funny. But to put the Scully hat back on and to ditch the fun Kim hat, it is not. Say it with me, Gabby. It is not. Evidence. 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 But it is fun. Oh, it's so much fun. And and as I've stated multiple times, I am going to keep digging. So wait, hold on. All of these. Kim just moldered, guys. I just want to point it out. How do I molder? Sasquatch ghosts. Well, I didn't think it's true. I just think it's funny. Oh, God damn it. Fine. I'm sorry. I'm, I just, let me rewind. You're right, Gabby. I totally <laughs> think it's true. There is a Sasquatch ghost. You said you wanted to go Sasquatch. Ghost I can squatch think something's hunting? bullshit and still want to go on a ghost Sasquatch house. Okay, fair. Those two are not mutually exclusive. Okay, noted. Because you never know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll find you a man. A nice, hairy, um, ghosty man. Boyfriend Sasquatch, girlfriend Sasquatch, either Sasquatch. Uh, a person. Um, hairy person Sasquatch. Ghost person. A very hairy person. <laughs> anyway, no, um, <sighs> I, I am going to keep digging on all of these for no other reason than I'm kind of desperate. I, 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 part of me feels like if I was able to find some of the stuff I did on the Empress Hotel, if any of these are even a little true, I'm going to find it. That's fair. In my spare time. Lol. Huh. Um, but like again, it, it's fun to enjoy these stories. It's so much fun to enjoy these stories. Too too lightly, Scully. Until we can verify the backstory, they remain stories. Enjoy them, share them, but without evidence. 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 They're a good story to tell around a campfire. Maybe at Park Defiance. Yeah, we just have to make sure that, like, I don't know if you need a fire permit or... Details. Details. We could roast some marshmallows, though. I'd like that. Yeah. Um, but with that, you now know about Jenny Bastion, Michaela Welch, Point Defiance Park. I will add that if there is or when there is, I suppose, an update on Gary Hartman and his trial, I will record an update, awesome. but that will probably go straight to our Patreon. That's fair. Uh, there's a few updates I would like to record for some things that have come out over the past couple months, but those are all going to go straight to our Patreon. Yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, there it is. Nice. That was a great time. I love, I mean, the balance of the sad true crime, which happens and is, you know, a part of life and death in cities and parks and places all over, but then also being able to uh, see what still hangs around later on. See what still hangs around. It's, I'm glad to share some stories. Um, I'm, I'm a little upset I couldn't find... I found lots of nice tidbits about mostly Jenny. I found a little less on McKella. Um, but I, I I wish I could have shared a little bit more about them and their life. Only because I think that's, you, you know how I feel. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, they I were feel young, very strongly, and they probably didn't have a lot young. going on yet. There wasn't a lot That's to true. tell, unfortunately. Yeah. But thanks, Kim. That was fun. That was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, having said that, that brings us to... Creepy Critics Corner! Creepy Critics Corner! Kim, what you watching? Reading, listening to, uh, any of the above? I... All the above, all the above. I'm always watching, reading everything. Actually, I'm I'm reading a book right now. Uh, I'm kind of excited about, but I'm not going to say much more because I think it's going to be a future episode. Absurd. And I have designs to try to get the author to maybe talk to me in an interview. So Ooh. we're we're gonna see though. We're gonna see. Uh, I went and saw on Thursday night, last Thursday night, which by the time this comes out will be a while back. Uh, but it was it was it was opening. The new Scream movie. And? I'm an unapologetic fan of the Scream franchise. It's actually how I first met Bob at City of Geek. Oh, that's so sweet. It was my very first panel at Crypticon, and Bob and I met on that panel. Nice. And and have remained uh, very good friends ever since. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I thought, and I know not everybody has felt this way, but I thought it was such a lovely tribute, not just to the fans of the franchise. It took some of the more toxic elements of a lot of franchises down. It had some nice commentary there. But this is the first of the Scream films that um, Wes Craven was not involved in because he has passed. Mm, And honestly, I thought it was such a loving tribute to him and his work, too. Nice. It was self-aware. The Scream franchise is incredibly self-aware. Um, it it had it had heart. It had some 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 sad moments. And I I this is not one I want to spoil for anyone who wants to see. So I'm not going to really elaborate beyond that. But I've also always appreciated that this is a franchise. I mean, this is only the fifth movie in the franchise. But you also have had this little core group of characters who have survived to this point in the franchise. That's also unusual. Mm-hmm. It's unusual to get to, to the fifth movie of something and still have the lead from the original in it. Yeah. Especially in a slasher, <laughs> especially in a slasher film. So, uh, and I've always really loved that, you know, the scream franchise was a slashers franchise that had the whodunit element mm-hmm. because it it wasn't a Jason Voorhees. It wasn't a Freddy Krueger. Like each one, each movie, they're different killers. So you, you do have this element of who's the killer, who can I trust, who among me is actually the killer. And as an audience member actively trying to piece the mystery together at the same time as watching a, a delightful slasher film. So I loved it, man. I I could not have been happier with how it turned out. Nice. But I also say this is an unapologetic fan of the franchise. I like every single of the movies, even the ones that aren't as good. I have enjoyed. So, if you're not a fan of the franchise, you probably won't like it. But if you are, I hope you do. And if you can, see it in theaters. Uh, I've also been rewatching Justified. It was recently announced that they're going to be doing a, a limited series of justified again they're going to pick it up kind of how they've done with with dexter more recently and some of the other revisiting and justified man it is such a just master class in character acting 
I haven't seen it, so oh, it's I good. It's it. so like rewatching it. I just made it through the first season. There's five or six seasons total. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, it is a show that even the bit characters are memorable and are just uh, insanely good actors. Each season, it's each season kind of stands alone which I also appreciate. Um, there's stuff that carries over from season to season, but you you tend to have kind of a central villain and you've got, you know, Timothy Olyphant or oh, Timothy Olyphants, as I like to call him, and, and Walton Goggins, whose hair is legendary. Walton Goggins, who was supposed to die in the first episode, but was so well received. People liked him so much and like the production staff liked him so much that they he became the other main character of the show. Nice. Um, it's it's fantastic. The writing's fantastic. The acting is just brilliant. It's funny. It's fun. Uh, so I, I've I've been revisiting the series and really enjoying myself. And it's kind of uh, it's a nice switch from some of the heavier horror and true crime stuff I I watch. Like it's still heavy. It's a lot of people die. It's about a U.S. marshal who you know shoots people. Sure, but uh, it's it's a, a different little, it's kind of dark. It's a different kind of dark. It's dark, but there's it's got some cheeky to it. So, Gabby, what you been watching? Dark and cheeky. Um, I have been watching the show Ghosts on. Uh, I recommended that show at a previous Creepy Critics. Call. Yeah, yes. I started watching the American one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's based off a British show, and it is our friend Betsy Sadaro. Betsy from our our previous boobs episode. Um, she's actually in two episodes of Ghosts. Um, she I've only watched the one she was in so far. Well, the newest episode I think just came out this last week. Um, and Mm -hmm. I haven't caught up. If you haven't caught up, she's also in it, and she's just great. She's just like she's so funny. The sassy like basement ghost who basement ghost. The basement ghosts are fun. They are. They're like, oh, we can leave. We can go out of the basement. I don't want to be around those people. No thanks. Like it's it's a, it's a really fun show. It's very creative. Like the way mm-hmm. that it's written. Like you wouldn't think that all of the scenarios that they put the people and the ghosts in would be a thing, and then they do, and you're like, wow, that was a really creative thought process that you just went through. Um, plus, all the characters well, are just so well cast. To be honest, like yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head. Um, and also, I started uh, just for funsies following a couple of them on Instagram, and they're like behind the scenes jokes with each other really get me going. It's very, very oh. funny. I'll have to send some to you, but um, it's like a lot of lip syncing old songs together, and it's uh, one person singing the song in the background and another person mouthing it. It's very funny. Um, well, it's it's another show too. I call it like that's full of that guy. Uh-huh. Like the whole show is full of actors where you're like, oh, it's that guy. But you can't put your finger on who it is or what their name is. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while to realize the lead girl was from the the Netflix Christmas Prince movies. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's funny. Oh, I watch all the really shitty rom-com Christmas movies. Um, it's my dirty little secret. Uh, it's not a secret because you just told everybody I love it. Um. <laughs> eh. <laughs> eh. Eh. Um, eh. I also have been watching, um, a show that I started a long time ago and season three recently came out and I didn't realize that I fully missed season two. It's Ricky Gervais's show called Afterlife on Netflix. 
And what's interesting, so the whole premise of it is it's actually very sad and it's about, you know, loss and Mm -hmm. mourning um, a person in your life that you've lost. But it's mainly about his wife. So his it's not like a spoiler or anything. Like you find out in the very right. beginning of season one that his wife dies of cancer. And it's him mm-hmm. trying to cope with it as a very funny guy, but a very funny depressed guy. So it's a lot of Aww. like really dark humor woven into some really sincere like drama and coping mm. and like... I was having a really emotional day earlier this week, and I watched this one episode, and I lost it. I could not keep it together because it was really sad. So, like, you kind of have to be in a mood to watch some of it to be fair. But um, sure, some of the lines are just so blatantly Ricky, Ricky Gervais, just the, his humor of just crass awful sarcastic humor that's thrown in you know like if you know his writing and his style you you get it um right but it's it's really well done and honestly it shows a side of him that i haven't really seen from a drama perspective Hmm. which i think you would appreciate um it is pretty heavy in certain aspects but it also shows a lot of collaboration between people Hmm. peers and like just empathy that people have for each other while going through tough times. And it's, he's a really empathetic character, which isn't Hmm. apparent right away. Um, So it's nice to see that growth and development throughout. So it's really good. I remember when, um, cause I, I was a fan of extras, but like I could only watch it like one episode at a time because it hit a little too much for me as a struggling actor back in the day. Um, so his stuff is often the kind of thing where I'm like, I can't watch. This is not a show I binge. I can watch it like yeah, one episode. Yeah, I wouldn't episode. recommend this as a binge. Um, yeah. I also, and I'll just make this brief because I know Kim already recommended this in the past, but I finally am <laughs> following her uh, recommendations. I sat down and watched in one and a half days, not even like full days, like what two evenings, yeah. the entire season of it goes fast mayor of east town it is Mm -hmm. so good oh my Mm -hmm. god it is so Mm -hmm. good kate winslet does such an incredible job like her acting in that is just brilliant bonkers it's so good yeah um and it's so like just well written like so Mm -hmm. so so well written really hard to put down like i it's not often i can work a full day do research and then sit down and watch something for five or six hours straight and like mm. feel good about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that no. was not to say I, it's not a very feel good show, but it is a, no. it's definitely just really well done. So, so well done. That's what I've been watching. It's, Yay. it's been um, a good time. And I'm also reading a book that I'll tell you about later because it's for the next episode. So I'm not going to say anything about it now. Uh, I know what book it is though. Yeah. So, uh, I bought you that book. Yes, you did. Thank you, friend. so that brings us to the end of our episode so thank you everyone for listening Um, if you would like to check us out find us on ghoulishtendencies.com all of our show notes all of our social medias are on there including Instagram Facebook Twitter what have you our Patreon is there Um, if you like what you hear and uh, see on our Instagram if you want to support us in any way head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a rating or review And if you want to financially help out, uh, head on over to Patreon, ghoulishtendencies.com. So thank you so much for listening. 
we look forward to talking to you next time. Yes. And having said that, stay spooky. spooky.